0: listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White.
1: Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen
2: Perry. Carmen, how are you doing sir? I am doing well, Jeff, but uh, at, at time of this recording, uh, I think everybody on the East Coast is wondering if we're ever going to see the sun again mm-hmm. in the spring. So, um We come to you from sunless Halifax, Nova Scotia.
1: I don't know. I can almost see some
2: blue sky. Uh, hope spring's eternal. But nevertheless, um, I'm really excited for today's episode. I think um, uh, we've got uh, just a, a... really smart marketer on the line uh, with a really interesting company mm. uh, with a fascinating background and I'm just wanting to dive into it
1: yeah I, I think there's some you know products that uh, that everybody has in their office most <laughs> likely you know <laughs> yeah
2: yes. or or maybe you've uh, been the recipient of one of the products after a particularly negative meeting uh, <laughs> but we'll get into that in a moment um uh, without further ado, uh, Jeff, introduce our Jeff. Sure.
1: So joining us today is Tim Bay. Tim is the head of digital marketing at Fellows Brands. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, Tim.
3: Thank you very much. Excited to be here. And talking about gray skies, it's been a tough spring in Chicago, so I empathize with you guys.
2: Man, it's, um, you know, it's a like belly aching about the weather is a thing that almost unites everyone, you know, like, <laughs> I, re- I, I remember complaining once I, I was in um, Berlin, Germany, and the person was talking about oh you know central european weather is a you don't like it wait five minutes you know it'll change wait that's our line yeah exactly so i think we're all in the same boat tim (laughs) um we're good to be chatting with you tim i want to first want to introduce us a little bit to uh you and your work at fellows
3: absolutely so i oversee uh digital for fellows and fellows has been around for a hundred years we just uh recently celebrated our 100th anniversary. We were founded back in 1917. Uh, Banker's Box was the first brand, so record storage and uh, now moving supplies. And over the years, we've obviously evolved into office products, office productivity, uh, things like shredders, laminators, binders, uh, and then most recently, workplace wellness. Uh, And those are things like sit-stand desks and active seating. Uh, We're uh, a fourth generation a family-owned company, and so that is without a doubt a, a guiding force uh, for the organization. And uh, you know, I think throughout our history, you know, we've been very focused on how do we help people um, achieve their best, be at their best, uh, uh, achieve their potential, and that's sort of been that unifying mission from day one to you know one hundred and one years into uh, our company uh, history.
2: It is a, uh, it's an interesting brand to get to know because in some ways, um, you know, if you've been around an office at all, you've seen the fellow's logo. It's funny, in our uh, uh, coffee room here at at Kula Partners, we have, uh, you know, after I, I met with you in Chicago a number of weeks ago, I noticed as I'm sitting in there having an espresso, I look up and I see you. Uh, the boxes, and of course, it has your address on the end of these old <laughs> bankers' boxes, right? And um, so it's just like, you know, we're surrounded by you now, Tim. But um, so I guess that is the source of my uh, previous comment that if you've if anybody's ever had the misfortune or fortune of being fired, you may have been handed one of the banker's boxes. Which um, it, was, a, it
1: was even an in-joke at Kula for a while, where we had a, <laughs> a fellows banker's box emoji that was just bandied about on the internal group chat. <laughs> <Ha>! <laughs> uh. it, it's it's it's
3: really it's really interesting. You know, one of the things that's important kind of to fellows, and I've heard this, is uh, you know, you, when you watch TV, um, how ubiquitous uh, you know the banker's boxes are. I was just watching a. HBO show uh, not Game of Thrones but another one um and they were in a uh that although that would have been cool p- uh, product placement um but <laughs> you guys uh, in the Starbucks cup yeah. yes uh, I wish we could have got in there but yeah you just you noticed that how how ubiquitous those Baker's boxes are um I watched it and in the episode I saw three different times our boxes in the background so it was pretty fun
2: <laughs> well let's um Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's interesting uh, starting point because of course this is your challenge. You um, are responsible for evolving a 101 year old brand. Uh, And, um, and, and these products have some staying power and the, the brand has grown uh, on, on, uh, you know, supported obviously by the, the growth in those products. So, uh, but it seems like the fellows of today is a very different company from bankers' boxes. So, talk to me about the evolution of the brand and this, um, I guess, general shift in it or pivot, if you will. Maybe that's too strong a term uh, towards the workplace wellness side of things.
3: Well, I, you know, I think you, know, you have to do a lot of things right to be around for a 100- hundred. And you know, 100 plus years, and again, I think what makes us very uh, unique is 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 the family-owned business, and, and it, it is, like I said, it's a, it's definitely a guiding force. And I think our, our dedication and continued dedication to you know our mission of of helping people be at their best and, and helping them reach, reach their potential. And so, when we think about the evolution of a hundred-year brand. That you know, that sort of unifying you know thought and mission is driving everything that we do. Over time, um, the products can change, the products can evolve, right? Both in terms of you know, new opportunities, like you know, back in the day, uh, things like uh, you know CD holders, you know, <laughs> that wasn't something that was envisioned back in 1917, of course. Um, but I think, you know, it, you know for, for our current CEO, for John, you know, it, it, for him, it, it's constantly looking at where can we provide value to that consumer? Um, where can we do that in a way, again, that helps them be at the best? And I think that led us naturally into uh, other product lines. And so obviously the trend around uh, workplace wellness and health in the workplace and the focus that organizations have on knowing that that's important to their employees. But also it's just good business. Um, I think is it's, it's a natural fit for us, and you know, for us, it's how do we leverage you know our um, you know, some of our core pillars and values of innovation and quality, and just bring those into you know new product areas. So, in some ways, you know, there's no doubt there's there's challenges in how you continue to evolve as a hundred year old company. But I think, uh, and I've seen this at past companies I worked with where we had similar challenges. Is that if you really um, use that 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 mission as your North star, um, you end up, uh, getting to where you want to get to.
2: You know, of course the, ev- you know, the world of work continues to change, uh, how people work changes and it's partly your job to stay ahead of that, anticipate where that's going. And, um, and, and uh, you know, frankly, it's less paper-based now than it ever was in the last uh, number of years. And, and therefore paper-based, Products or uh, products based uh, to hold them, obviously, or not, uh, or to shred them uh, may not be as much of the future as they they used to be. So I think it's, of course, um, it all sounds fine and great and easy to say, oh, the world of work changes and we've got to stay one step ahead of it. It's harder to do that. And then beyond that, it it, it seems like it it actually pushes you to to actually have to do business in different areas as well, because um, as you're moving into um. Uh. Of, with products like the Alea chair, which can be purchased directly from fellows online. Um, that takes you completely outside of what I guess many would have thought as your traditional channel selling through say a staples or what have you.
3: Well, so there's a few things there. I think one is, um, you know, we look at, uh, you know, we look at who we are. Um, you know, we, you know, we are the leader, you know, bankers boxes is, is the brand, you know, uh, you know, we're, we, we have, you know, we're the leader in terms of, uh, you know, shredders. And, and the fact is, those products still play a role. Um, as much as we want to say that we're a paperless society, the fact is um, we do very well in those products. And, um, and, 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 you know, we continue. People change, think, more slowly than sometimes, you know, we realize or we want to think in the future and we realize that some of those things stay along for longer.
2: Kind of like op- opinions change faster than the people, I think, because maybe it.
3: <laughs> exactly. And, and I think for us, so on one hand, we don't want to forget about you know those core products that um, still, um, you know, people, you know, when you move houses, you know, you need a box. Uh, when you store stuff, you know, people still want to store in a box, and quality is very important. And the same thing, you know, shredders, um, privacy is very important now. So while people. Uh, you know, are, you know, using paper less, um, privacy has maybe never been more important. Ironically, digital privacy is driving other types of, you know, sort of that traditional sort of um, atom-based, if you will, uh, you know, uh, privacy. And so, so there's that one component. But I think, again, if you look back in terms of, of that, you know, the overall workplace wellness, it's understanding that, you know, people spend a lot of time at work. And, and how can we create the best environment for that? And and people like being organized, for example. I mean, they they get satisfaction in in terms of, you know, shutting things or binding things or laminating things in terms of feeling this, this sense of order. And so, um, again, you know, for us, it's a natural evolution in terms of, you know, how do we, you know, as people evolve and as, and as opportunities come up, where can we be relevant and provide value in that? And I think the other thing, too, is, What's, again, unique about us is, you know, there's not a lot of companies out there that have been around for 100 years. And so while people may have um, uh, grown up with us in, in different form factors than a sit-stand desk, for example, or a chair... Um, the fact is that fellow's name, but you know, it, it means something to them. It means quality. It means innovation. So again, for us, it's it's how do we evolve that into different you know, product forms? And I think you know, in terms of being in different places, I mean, that's a good point too. Is we have to evolve as a company. Um, you know, for us, it's not an or. It's not you know this channel or or, or that channel. It's an and. And so we're looking at different ways to build product awareness and build brand awareness. So that might start as you know, direct-to-consumer, you know, direct but that doesn't exclude us looking at and, and continuing you know, to sort of get into these other channels. Olay is a good example. And so you know, we just we all, at the end of the day, it's important, I think, from, from a digital perspective, that we all want to be at, you know, in the place where consumers want to buy. We, don't, we can't force them to want to be in a certain channel. So um, whether it's online, whether it's in store, whether it's at you know, retailer X or retailer Y, we just want to make sure that we're there to be, make that the process as easy as it is for the consumer uh, to get what they need. And again, that's part of our evolution from a digital perspective.
2: I've got to say, I I was uh, I was about to take you to task on this. How are you going to connect work, workplace wellness to being organized? Uh, and then <laughs> and you, and, you and I, and I have then both be,
1: worked in print shops and know exactly, yeah, that feeling of ah, everything's all organized. Yeah, and, <laughs> we, and
2: thankfully, this isn't a video podcast, so people can't see how messy my desk is typically. Yeah. Which is, uh, I should maybe feel that sense of order more often. Would be uh, <laughs>
3: well. It could be. It could be aspirational, right? It Doesn't necessarily mean we're there, <laughs> but it's more aspirational.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I, I wasn't convinced initially, but you, uh, you convinced <laughs> me. around, eh? Hey? Well,
1: I think it's. I think it's interesting, too,
2: Tim. Not
1: only have you decided to, you know, um, enter more into that kind of furniture space and the more the workplace wellness side of things, but you're doing it with. Products that aren't necessarily um, you know, the the Alia chair is is a good example. With the you know the floating seat pan is, is you know it's a pretty advanced and interesting way of, of tackling that uh, you know the ergonomics task. So um, how has that kind of played into the marketing of the uh, of the chair? <laughs>
3: Well, one of the challenges is it's never been done before, right? So to try, you know, the, 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 it's in the category best would be described as active seating. Um, but nobody says, hey, you know what I need? I need, a, I need an active seating chair. And so I, I think as we look at, you know, telling the story, um, and I think that that's what you know, marketing is, is, is communicating the story and the value proposition. Um, it, it really is, for, in this case, it's showing people. Um, if you talk about that floating seat pan, you're like, what? You know, I, I don't, I can't conceptualize it because it's, it's, it's never, it's not in the marketplace, uh, marketplace until um, we brought it to market. And so we spent a lot of time talking about how we, how do we communicate, um, you know, the value of it? How do we show it? And the best way to show it, of course, is is actually video. And so, you know, if you look at the website, if you look at even some of the, uh, you know, the the social stuff that we've done, it's very much featured up front that the fact that that, that CPAN um, floats. And then a lot about what the experience is like. And there's a lot of questions that we know that people have, can it support me? Um, you know, does it provide um, a sturdiness and, 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 and all those things? You know, what about the durability? And so again, it's very much of telling the story in a way that resonates with folks and being able to um, uh, you know, address any sort of concerns they might have. So, in that sense, um, you know, again, from a marketing perspective, it's it's not that, you know different than telling the story for lots of other products that are that are sort of new to the marketplace and people haven't seen before, or a different take on something that's very familiar, like a different take on uh, a chair.
0: Most manufacturers are converting barely any of their existing website visitors into leads. If you want to get better than your competition at finding good prospects online. Start by watching our webinar, How to Manufacture Better Content. This webinar from Coolering host Jeff White will teach you how to produce manufacturing-focused content that works. Watch it now at bit.ly slash hmbcwebinar. That's b-i-t dot L-Y slash h-m-b-c-webinar. I do think
2: it says something about fellows, though, that you're you know, your your attempt to crack into this space uh, initially is with something that's uh, frankly such a different product. Mm. Um, it, it's a really different approach in 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 what is probably the area of contract office furniture that is innovated on the most. Uh, you know, uh, chairs probably receive more design attention mm-hmm. uh, than an awful lot of other aspects mm-hmm. of office furnishing. So um, uh, to actually, even to be, to, to see a way clear to do something new there is, um, I, I think, quite remarkable. I'm, and it seems to me, too, that uh, it's, I guess, you know, maybe it would, my, my perception is just out of date, but I... I, I it's surprising at least a little bit to me to see you guys selling this directly. Um, and and it feels to me that the office furniture space overall is just r- ripe for some level of buying disruption. disruption. yeah, like we it's clunky as all get out to buy office furniture, really. Um, so uh, how I guess, But one of the things that people would say about that is that you typically need to try before you buy when it comes to a chair. So how how are you guys managing the logistics of that? Can can I do a, will you you send me the chair and I can send it back if I don't like it? Or how does that work?
3: I I mean, all great questions. And and those are things that we, you know, that we had to address, right? Because, um, I mean, you know, think about shoes, right? Um, Z- you know, Zappos create a business around something that traditionally you think, oh, I got to try this on, right? Um, I got to see how it feels. Um, you know, mattress, think about online mattresses, right? So the same thing, you sleep in that bed every night and you're used to going to a mattress store and it seems like there's thousands of them. Um, and, you know, how, how, how do you create online business? And so um, I think one is reducing those barriers, you know, things like 30-day free trial. Don't like it? Send it back to us. No problem. You know, we'll refund your money. Um, understanding, you know, things like warranty, uh, customer, you know, reviews and testimonials. All those things are really important um, to be able to 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 make the process easy for somebody and to reduce that risk for them. Saying, "Hey, I think that looks really cool. I think that looks like that could." you know, help me, you know, feel more comfortable when I'm doing, you know, whatever I'm doing. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give that a try because I know if it doesn't work for me, I can trust that I can send it back to fellows, no problem, and, you know, I'll get my money back. And so that's, that's a very important part of, of, of sort of our story because we know that's something you have to experience. And quite honestly, it's one of those things you don't understand how good it is until you set in it for a little bit. Uh, and so, again, that, that's that's part of something that we have to do to understand you know, what, how do we make it easy for the consumer? And I think in terms of talking about disruption, you know, for us, it's, it's not just about direct to consumer, but it's, it's, it's getting the product out there and building a market for it. Um, you know, I, I think there will be folks that want to buy it through contract furniture. Um, and, and they're going to want to continue to do that because that's what works best for them. That's an option for them. Um, there are going to be people that want to buy it directly from us. And there are folks that, Going through contract furniture is not an option and we want to make it easy for them as well. If one person wants to buy it because they work at home all day and, and they want that comfort and, and that act of motion, we want to make it easier for them. So again, I think it's this notion that you know, for us, it's about making it easy for folks no matter you know what path they want to take.
2: No, I, I think it's a really interesting strategy The basically direct uh, direct sale uh, e-com play as a as a brand building strategy um, uh, prior to uh, potentially other channels.
3: I think, I think for us too, it's also about, you know, it's about learning, right? This is a new product. It's a new product to the marketplace. And so there's, there's been a tremendous amount of um, information that we have learned as we Put it out in the marketplace as we got feedback from people, and that allows us to continue to sort of refine our messaging and make sure that the things that are um, most important, most critical, um, that value proposition is getting out there. And and so for us, it's a little bit of seeding, right? We're seeding this thing out there, so that way, as other uh, channels make sense and and, uh, and folks are are ready to, to embrace that. Um, that, you know, we can say with confidence, yeah, we really feel like we've now, we know how to communicate this in a way that makes sense and resonates with people. So again, that's that's, that's for us, it's as much about um, that as it is about, you know, trying to generate, you know, direct revenue. Um, Because I think, again, you know, from a brand perspective, we're always going to need folks outside of our our ecosystem um, to support what we do. More people, you know, the vast majority of brands um, sell way more off their you know direct to consumer experience off their website than they do on their website um, except you know especially if you take you know if you, if you look at anything any other than the you know you know multi-billion dollar big huge brands um, so that's always going to be important for us so it always has to be that sort of and not a direct consumer or something else it's always an and for us
1: i, I think it's it's interesting, too. We, we, we have the fellows website up with the chair on it now, and it's been playing this video on loop for the last 15 minutes while we've been recording. And I have to say, it. you know, when the chair rolls backwards and, and it bangs into place and you kind of see the, the seat pan move, it, it's like... You know, it's kind of like an ASMR kind of thing where it's just like soothing watching <laughs> the video over and over again. The only active seating that I can recall using are those giant gym balls, and mm. those are way less safe than this. <laughs> um.
2: I'd be curious, uh, <laughs> Tib. You, you mentioned it as a bit of a learning platform yeah. for fellows. Um, uh, and so put you on the spot a bit, I guess, what's surprised you the most thus far? What's been the biggest, uh, the biggest learning, as it were? <laughs>
3: uh, well, I, 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 so a few different answers. I think one is, um, I think even though people are focused on health, and you know, motion, you know, moving and, and understanding that staying all day is. Um, you know, it was bad for you, right? They, you know, the, the, the comment is, we've heard this back from people. We know that sitting is the new smoking. It's not good for you. Um, but what's, what, what you can't forget and what's of paramount importance is comfort. It has to be comfortable. Um, and, and, and that notion of not just comfortable for, you know, half an hour, but for all day. So you talk about, um, sort of the balls, you know, the, the, you know, the balls that you sit on and, that's about engaging the core and, and things like that. But the fact is, that's a second chair for somebody. They can't spend all day on that chair. They might spend 20 minutes, and that's about it. And so I think, you know, for us, it's it's while we, we focus on the health benefits of it, and, and people certainly appreciate that, you can't forget that it's a chair. People sit in it all day, and it needs to feel, it needs to be comfortable, and it needs to be supportive. Um, and then there was, I think, I think the other thing is there are some, uh, specifics about the product that, you know, people didn't quite understand. And, and things like, you know, with the floating seat pan, you know, um, how much support that is and what actually supports that. Is it durable? And that goes back to how we, you know, we, we've updated our messaging. We've updated our, our assets to really focus, to, to make sure that's very clear um, the, about the stability and, and the durability of it. So, you know, again, at a macro level, we've learned things and even micro level in terms of messaging, it's allowed us to refine, uh, you know, to, to really, again, make sure that we communicate the value and, and overcome um, concerns that people might have or questions that they might have proactively.
2: I think that was interesting and in uh, Jeff's uh, comment around mentioning the stability ball or what have you. I mean, that that's it's actually it's pretty key. Uh, you don't want to get into a place where you're competing against the stability ball. I mean, because <laughs> you, you want to be the, the primary chair. You're not asking to buy this chair and set it in the corner and sit on it 20 minutes a day.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah, and uh, and it's easy to see, obviously, from the site how you've updated the uh, assets to try to um, uh, show the durability and strength of the, uh, of the floating seat pan, which uh, it, I, I think because you've done such a good job aesthetically on the design of the chair, um, it makes it... Uh, it's kind of surprising that it's that durable and can look yeah. that sleek. Uh, I think that's kind of probably the thing that uh, sweet you're... spot of it. Yeah, at, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a fascinating, fascinating change. Of, well, or at least continued uh, evolution of direction for fellows. Uh, Tim, I wonder if you could, uh, without letting too many cats out of the bag, um, give us a sense of what's next.
3: Well, uh, you know, I, I think that if we go back, you know. If, you know, just talking about the chair for a second, you know, that was four years in the making. And it really started with um, trying to solve a consumer problem and deliver something that ultimately was of value. It wasn't just about creating a beautiful looking chair. Um, It was about, you know, again, providing value. And so I think as we look at um, uh, opportunities, it is where can we um, help again, folks be their best and where can we uh, you know, continue to help people reach their potential. So it, it is, a, it is, you know, we have, you know, for a hundred year old company, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of things right. And one of the things that we focus on is continually, how do we innovate? You know, how do, how do we, how do we continue to bring new things? You know, that, and that could be iterate, iterating in existing products. You know, it's, it's bringing intelligence into things that haven't had that. So, um, you know, we've got, you know, we, we, we've got some interesting things coming up with Shredders where we're continuing to innovate in that. And I think, again, what we're doing, some ideas that we, we're working around uh, things with sit-stand desks and a continual evolution of, of, of workplace wellness, um, you know, we're just starting. And uh, again, I think for us, it's not just in terms of the products, but how do we communicate that? How do we communicate the value? How do we make it easy for people to understand you know, what the value is and make it easy for them to make their decisions. So I look at what we do from a digital perspective to be as important as, you know, in tandem with what we're doing from a product perspective, because we live very much in a digital world right now. And so, um, uh, you know, that's how you know we can provide value from a product perspective, but also we can provide value from just a, an overall consumer experience perspective.
1: Has the, uh, using this as sort of a, an exploratory channel and and selling the chair directly and kind of learning about how people respond to it and how you have to communicate the value of it has that influenced at all any of your more traditional distributor type relationships like have they come calling and said you know when are we going to have an opportunity to sell this chair or
3: anything like that well uh, so, so absolutely and again being a family-owned business um you know, John is you know considers everybody that we work with, all of our partners, part of the family, and so um, it's very important to him that we're transparent about what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, and so we've we had a lot of great communication around that, proactive communication around that. Um, again, for us, it's you know it's very much uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know at the end of the day, we're 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 agnostic, you know, we're not you know you know our, the one thing about our direct to consumer is that we have an opportunity to communicate the value of the fellows brand in the best way we can, right. And, and the value of our products, and helping people make those buying decisions. Um, and, and the fact is that will help all of our partners, um, you know, where they buy again is really up the consumer. Um, and, and we want to work with our partners, um, to, whether it's contract furniture, whether it's office products, you know, no matter what it is to help them, um, uh, leverage what we know about our consumers and how to communicate the value of products, so that they can sell more of our products or their channels. Uh, so that that's very much what we're focused on. And again, I think the fact that we're a family business, um, you know, that transparency and that partnership is is extremely important to us.
2: It uh, it continues to. Uh, the, it, it it's uh, I guess it's always uh, an interesting thing. I, I meet a lot of. Um, manufacturers and and get into these conversations and um, probably more so than any other kind of broad business category it is still very much driven by a family-owned enterprise and and, you know very significant size manufacturers still um, privately held family-owned and many um, like, like you in a fourth generation or so of, of evolution there and it's uh, it always surprises me in some ways just how much that uh, those values continue to, to kind of be a driving force of uh, of business um, maybe it shouldn't but um uh, it be that surprising but it, it uh, it's a consistent story
3: well you know it's you know you can talk about being a family business right you can you, you are a family business and and you can sort of tout that um, what I've seen, without a doubt, at Fellows is it really does define who we are, and um, again, sort of that ethos in the business. And, and um, you know the you know one of the things that I've heard John talk about that his father um, spoke to him about at very early age is um, the fact that they are there to serve the business and not vice versa, um, and. There's definitely a um, there's definitely a feeling that you have, and and I think also too. again, you know, this probably isn't surprising, but it's very real here at Fellows is the fact that you know their name is on those products. Um, that's important to them. That means something to them. And so I think there's a focus on you know um, quality and um, you know you know making sure that we do right by our consumers and our customers that is very personal to them uh, because their name is on the product. And again, I think it, it is a guiding principle for us. And it does really, I've seen that in the time I've been here, it does have a significant impact on um, how we operate in such a good way. And I think it also, you know, I think as, as, as businesses, we always want to talk about being consumer-focused but I think you know that family owned in in the, in the history of that in, in doing things the right way um really helps us ensure that we're thinking about that consumer first and that consumer experience.
2: Tim, I think you're um I think that that's really great parting advice uh, that you've given in just how you've uh, addressed that uh, that that topic because I I think it is something that a lot of manufacturing marketers um, deal with. They work within a family-owned business and some, um, you know, find it a struggle or they choose to uh, highlight the, uh, um, you know, the maybe, you decision-making that seems like it's uh, based in something... diametrically opposed to <laughs> well marketing. you know who knows like they may just focus on the struggles that they have working as a marketer within that dynamic and that those can be real uh, but I, I think what tim has done here is really say yeah but the benefits of it are real and and, and you know you can, that's where you really ought to be choosing just the the attention and, and the and the focus on that and and, and the way he tells that story i think is instructive for me. um uh, there's and, and like you say the their name is on that product and that doesn't come without something um it it clearly drives a lot of the decision making it's um it's a uh, it, it's very instructive tim absolutely well uh, look i'm uh, i think we're we're at the point in the show and we probably should look at wrapping it up um, why don't uh, I guess Tim put you on the spot? Any parting advice for your fellow manufacturing marketers as we conclude our
3: podcast? Today? Uh, you know, I think as uh, you know, as as marketers, you know, we have to recognize that in today's world, um, it's it's that much more important that we think about the consumer, the value we provide um and why we can never control our brand so to speak um, we can influence it and you know thinking about um as brands you know what's your north star and 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 how do you continue to reinforce that everything that you do um and and you just can't be it can't just be a marketing message it has to be something that you have to live within the organization and uh you know, I think it's, it's a challenge for us sometimes because that, you know, it's so trans, the world is so transparent today and, and so real time. But actually, I think ultimately that, that forces us to be that much better at what we do. And I think that's a good thing for brands. I think that ultimately it's a good thing for consumers. And I think that, you know, people talk about how brands are less important in today's world. I actually think just the opposite. I think, I think brands that provide, the, you know, can provide value and, and develop those connections are even more valuable uh, today than they have ever been in the past.
2: Tim, thank you so much for joining us on The Cooler Ring today. It's been a pleasure. I really
3: enjoy it. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at KulaPartners.com slash The cooler Ring. That's K-U-L-A-Partners.com slash The Cooler Ring.